Hello, friends. What's going on? It's Amanda Louise, and you can call me hashtag the caffeinated empath. And this is episode five of the show. This episode is all about uh, being a sensitive person and what that has done for me. If you find this information of any value, please share it out, uh, leave a five star review. And make sure you screenshot and share it in your Facebook and Instagram stories and tag me in it so that I can repost in my stories. All right, I hope you like the show. Being sensitive. Okay, I am a very sensitive person. I cry at everything. Weddings, proposals, death, a lot of people cry with death, but like I'm people, people, things, not even dead yet, crying, um, you name it. I'm crying. You hurt my feelings. I'm crying. I'm a very sensitive person. But I think being a sensitive person is not a bad thing. Um, a lot of people may associate sensitivity to weakness. And I disagree. For me, being sensitive just means I have a big heart and I care a lot. And sometimes that caring gets too much and I get frustrated. Working in the medical field for about, well, just over a decade, um, I, yep, I, you got it, I cried. I cried a lot, guys. I worked for family doctors. I worked for specialists. I worked for surgeons. Um, the surgeons was the hardest because it, I swear it was like 98% cancer. And you knew the outcome wasn't going to be very good once you saw these patients. I worked for a lung specialist for 11 years and... This was, this was a hard job. I loved my job. And I think I loved my job because I was so sensitive. Now, the sensitivity made me care so much that I did what I had to do to book my patients' appointments. Like, people... <laughs> I actually had a patient mad at me one time because I actually booked his appointment so quickly. He, I just threw him right off. Most people expect to wait for a specialist appointment for months to years, which is not unheard of, and it is a thing. But my, my values um, on patient care were very high, and I wanted to get these patients in as quickly as I could. I worked for a lung specialist. People couldn't breathe, and you can't wait months and years to see somebody just to get a puffer. Now we did have patients refer to us literally just for diagnosis of a lung condition where they required a puffer. There are some physicians out there that are this lazy. Instead of booking their patients an appointment at the hospital or at a facility, to get testing and go, yep, you're confirmed this diagnosis and prescribe them medication, they would actually just bypass all of that and send them to us. 
Fortunately for me, I actually did breathing tests with the patient so we could get the results uh, much quicker. Because at one point when I started working there, uh, we would book the patient in, which would take a couple months. Uh, and then the doctor's like, okay, well, it sounds like you possibly have this. We have to send you to the hospital. Well, you're waiting another three months to get a test. And then you got to book them for follow-up. So this was a very lengthy process just to get a simple puffer. So we sped up the process. This was my goal to do everything that I could to make people better faster. And this one patient, yeah, I booked him. <laughs> I phoned him. I was like, hey, I can book you in for like two days from now. And he actually yelled at me, guys. He yelled at me. And I was like, why are you so upset? He goes, well, I don't want the appointment that fast. I said, well, we don't need to book you. He's like, really? I said, well, I can book you for when do you want to be booked? And not a lot of offices actually allow you that, uh, that variety of appointment bookings. Um, so he was much happier. But most of the patients wanted to be booked yesterday. And that was my goal, was to book them as fast as possible. Now, being a sensitive person and working in the medical field, I feel goes hand in hand. You have to have some compassion. You have to understand these people are sick and scared. And I see a lot of medical personnel, they've either been in it way too long or maybe they just should never have been there to begin with. But they don't have that caring bone in their body and just brush people off. They don't follow up with things. I don't know how many times I had doctor's offices fax us over urgent referrals for lung cancer and we weren't even open. It would be like Christmas holidays or something. And nobody, nobody phoned to follow up to see if we got the referral or if we booked the patient. And there were some, um, there were some referrals I remember it was like, four weeks and I'm like did you guys even follow up with this have you referred him to someone else no we're waiting for you I'm like are you kidding me I was I was so irate that people are this lazy that is the only word I can think of this lazy so me doing my due diligence uh, I would work my magic and get the patient expedited as quickly as possible um Often, we would see the patients multiple times, especially if they had um, fibrosis. Now, fibrosis, pulmonary fibrosis is awful. It's scarring of the lungs and um, patients can't breathe. And it gets to a point, uh, there, there's actually no cure for it. Uh, they say antioxidants is the best to prevent or slow down the progression. But once you've been diagnosed with it, it is a very rapid disease. And these patients made me cry the most because there was nothing I could do to help them. And that just, that just killed me inside, uh, except for book them appointments as quickly as possible. Um, I do have my few favorite patients. I remember this one. One fella, he came in, he had an oxygen tank with him, obviously, because he couldn't breathe. And uh, his cart was uh, all wobbly. So I phoned his oxygen company. I said, 
this patient can't walk with this oxygen tank with this wobbly cart. Like those oxygen tanks are pretty heavy. So they're like, okay, we'll, we'll fix this cart for him. Like <laughs> he looked like he was drunk because this wheel had a bulge in it. It was, it was hilarious. But I was like, I can't let you possibly fall with this oxygen tank. So, and we saw this, this fellow every six months. Six months later, he comes in. I hear this weird squeaky noise down the hall. And he comes in and he's got a grocery cart from like an apartment. If you know what those are, those look like. And this thing was squeaky. I was like, just a sec, sir. I'll go get some, some uh, oil here and we'll, we'll oil you up. Well, this cart was all squeaky. Like I didn't have enough oil to fix this cart. So this was, this was one of my last memories with this patient. And we had a good laugh. Um. And I remember the day I found out he wasn't coming back in. I had a practicum student and I was showing them what happens in our program when the patient becomes deceased and their care card becomes inactive. And I was demonstrating to my practicum student and all of a sudden this fellow's name popped up red. And I was like, what's happening? Why is his name red? And one of my other coworkers is like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. I was a mess. It still makes me sad. And that was so many years ago because I never got to say goodbye. Those patients were the hardest for me. <laughs> my boss would come in all the time. <laughs> I'd be crying. <laughs> He's like, oh, who died now? I'm like, oh, he didn't die, but he's dying. Like, I was I was just a mess. <laughs> but I care for people. And I think being sensitive is okay. As long as you use it for good instead of, instead of weakness. If you're just going to be a person that is sensitive to manipulate. I don't think that. I don't agree with that. When you're not getting your way and your opinion is the only one that matters and you're just going to burst out crying because you're not getting your way, I don't agree with that. And I do know some people that are like that. But for me, I have a big heart and I just want to help people. And that's my goal in life. So being sensitive to me is a strength and not a weakness. My heart has guided me through all my professions to the best of my ability, and I know I gave it my 110% when it came to caring for people and doing my job as excellent as I could. I still thrive to help people, and that's what I'm going to continue to do in one form or another. So if you found this episode of any value please leave a five-star review and screenshot and share it in your stories. Make sure you tag me in it so I can repost. And I hope you all have a fabulous week and I will see you again next Monday. This is Amanda Louise, The Caffeinated Empath. Peace out.